Welcome to Canine Hijinks, the podcast for those who want to explore more ways to have fun with their dogs and perhaps discover the wider world of training and dog sports. It may even convert the casual pet owner into a dog sport enthusiast. Join me, Alyssa Looney. And me, Whitney Taylor, as we share our dog training journeys, as well as resources you can use to enhance your life with your canine friends. Welcome to Canine Hijinks. We're so glad you're joining us today. We are really excited to have a special guest in AWC Team USA World Team member, Michaela Crone. Michaela, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Super glad to be here. This is my first podcast ever, so really excited. Well, I'm sure you're going to be a pro. We saw your AWC videos, you know. (laughs) Oh, that's right. (laughs) Yeah, that. (laughs) So Michaela was a world team member in 2022 and performed exceptionally well at that event in Austria, which happens to be where she's from. Michaela started agility 12 years ago when she moved to Alaska and started with a Cavalier King Charles Spaniel. In 2016, she went to her first nationals in Tulsa and won the 20 inch preferred class with her GSD. She went to her first European Open team tryouts last year and her first world team tryouts this year and was admittedly shocked to make the team with her fairly small border collie win. She's put seven mocks on five dogs. And since she's originally from Austria, she has spent quite a bit of time training with European handlers, which Whitney and I are quite jealous about. Indeed. And so we're really excited to welcome her here and talk to her about her experience with AWC and goal setting. Oh, thank you. Yeah. For the coming years. <laughs> yeah. So Michaela, we first met at a Tomas seminar at Daisy Peel's place and that we were sort of all fast friends. That was really fun. And it was really fun to meet you. And like, I was so excited you were here all the way from Alaska. So you do a fair amount of traveling to support your agility hobby. Yeah, I do. Yep. I, I, I have to travel because Alaska doesn't offer very much when it comes to this. So I went down to, I think it was Daisy's first ISC yep. cup, right? Yeah. Yep. And um, took both of my dogs and um, then got into the Tomas seminars. So so happy and so lucky because, you know, it's kind of hard to get into those seminars, especially when you don't live local and they don't know you and they, they don't know how you do and how you can handle. So I was super lucky to get into that seminar and yeah, that's where we met. It was super fun. I learned a lot. Yeah, that uh, That honestly is the best seminar I have ever been to. Yep. Same again. Yep. Same again. Like drilled (laughs) into my head. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So I think that's a kind of a great lead in that is something that you do as far as prep goes. So tell us what your training regimen looks like in Alaska. How do you find time, space, all of that kind of stuff and and to get prepared for these uh, big events like a tryout event. Okay. Well, um, so let me tell you a little bit about myself and what I do. So I'm a chiropractor, which kind of works in my favor. I run my own clinic, um, which means all responsibilities on me, but it also <laughs> gives me a lot of flexibility with my time. Um, so I can set my work week the way I need it and, um, schedule my patients how I need it. Um, however, I still have to be there to see my patients. Obviously. Um, so <laughs> obviously, right. So in the summer training for us is pretty easy to be honest. Um, we've got a couple of bigger agility yards. A friend of mine that actually got me into agility has 
a pretty good sized yard that I have been able to utilize and set courses in. It has about a four degree slant. So it's a matter of running up a hill, but it's a great <laughs> big space. <laughs> oh yeah. Let me tell you, it's really fun. Um, but it's a great big space and I've created a group on, on Sundays. And then I think also now one on Mondays where I have picked the courses and I've always just kind of gravitated towards European courses because I've just liked their lines. I've liked the dogs being able to open up. So I've just got a group of friends together and like-minded people. And we started meeting on Sundays and have a potluck after and set up these giant running courses. And, and it's just a matter of playing on them and seeing what skills do we have? What skills do we not have? And what do we need to work on? And we usually leave them up for a day or two so that we can then go back and, and train the different skills separately if we feel like we need to. But that's kind of where it started for me is that I started this group and, you know, and invited people in and, and I mean, not, don't get me wrong, none of us are not a lot of us run them clean on the first go. It, but again, it's just a matter of seeing where we're at and what do we have and what can we do. And um, I've always been inspired by the Europeans, to be honest. I've watched them. I've watched their agility. And I've just thought it's so different from the agility that I've run local that that's why I, I started it. And then the winter are a little trickier for us because it's Alaska and it gets really freaking cold. There is no outside training at all. Um, so we have a couple of smaller facilities that are like 60 by 60 that we can use. Um, but we also, yeah, pretty tiny. That's um, but we also, yeah, especially for, especially for international stuff. I mean, it's, it's okay for, you know, a pinwheel and a tunnel throttle and things like that. But you know, as, as you guys know, especially the international stuff, you have to do it on the fly. You have to be able to run and get there and to get do the it. timing. So, yeah. Mm-hmm, exactly. They get the, the timing. Oh, that word. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, we, but there is a giant horse barn that we are able to rent twice a week as when I'm in there, it's pretty, it's pretty gross to be honest. <laughs> um, it's 58 wide and 130 long. And mm. again, it fits better European courses than it fits AKC courses. So even there, I've started providing European courses and now exclusively, or UPI courses for that matter, um, now exclusively put up um, European courses and actually started a international training group that we meet tonight, Sunday night, Saturday night. Um, and we set up training courses, um, you know, numbered one through 50, which are so daunting the first time you look at yes. that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You're like, mind blown. What is this? I can't, get past, can't get past 20, maybe 21 on a good day. Yeah. <laughs> so, and the first time I set those up, I know my the group I trained with was like, what is wrong with you? Are you crazy? And I was like, okay, here's how we do this. We start, we see how far we get and we break it down. <laughs> it's right. not a yes. one through 50. Yes. Right. It is a one through one through ten usually, and then ten through twenty. It's actually not that bad. Yeah, <laughs> no, skill no. training. I actually so, think that is a big misnomer. I think um, yeah. you know, there's there's training courses posted online all the time, and they'll be you know one through fifty or one through fifty five or something ridiculous. Yep. And I think if you don't know any better, you look at that and you're like, that's insane. But people are not mm-hmm. running one through fifty. That's no. not nope. really a thing. That's just nope. it's a way to number it without having multiple numbers and uh, you know 
Exactly. Without starting over. Things like yeah. that. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. and interestingly, it that, was at the Tomas seminar was the first time that mm-hmm. I really learned about that, that that was how he had the seminar set up. I want to say one through 45 or something. And you just, you did your turn, you got through what you could get through. And then like when your turn was over, it, you were where you were at. And then you went back two numbers yep. at your next turn and kept going forward as far as you could get and just trained the skills as you came up against them. So I was very effective and very interesting and was nice to not have to reset a course, right? That you just get to keep going. So it's, uh, those can be really useful. So same, same for me, Whitney, I, before the Tomas seminar, I'd look at those maps being like, those Europeans are crazy. (laughs) Who can do that? And and then when Tomas put that up, I was like, those Europeans are crazy. (laughs) And then when we started, I was like, Oh, those Europeans are brilliant. (laughs) (laughs) So, so, yeah. Well, I was going to ask you about, so you've, you've done all this training. You've really pushed yourself to learn these skills, even with pretty severe limitations in Alaska, you've put the effort into travel. And so tell us about AWC tryouts and talk to us a little bit about when, because she's tiny. Yes. So when is 17 and seven eights? Um, she is, yeah, she's pretty small. Little. At least that's her AKC measurement. Yep. Great news. We'll fit into intermediate class. <laughs> I, <Hey>. hope. <laughs> I hope so. Um, I'll back up a little bit. We went to EO tryouts, um, in November or December, sorry, December. And, um, I actually brought both dogs to that when, and Mila, and I have to admit, I, didn't research it. I didn't really know how the scoring went. I'm pretty bad about that. The same thing when I went to nationals, I had no idea how it worked. I just kind of showed up. Um, <laughs> so, so I went, I didn't quite know how it worked, but I actually thought I'd have a shot because I'm like, Mila's pretty fast and Win is really good and consistent, but I never made the podium. I never placed. And I was like, huh, I guess we're not. And I mean, Win ran a couple of runs clean. Uh, Win is my really consistent dog. She just pays attention. She listens. She's really um, the word I'm thinking for verbal, like the dog, just, you know, you tell her to do something and she will do that. Um, versus a lot of dogs just follow motion and she can actually listen and do what I tell her to do on, on a verbal, which is amazing. Not my training dogs, natural ability to be honest. (laughs) Um, so, so I, I left, um, EO tryouts being a little bit like, well, bummer, um, kind of thought I'd make this team, but whatever, wasn't planning on going to world team tryouts, but then I realized I had two buys for it with win and that I had received one at te- one in Texas and one in South Carolina. Right. That they changed the location of the event, right? It was going to be From in Russia. Russia. To Austria. Oh, that's right. It was going to be in Russia. That's right. Yeah. So there was that dilemma too. Good point. And um, a good point. So I thought about the Russia thing. Did I did think about that. And I was thinking, well, as a European, it's not going to be so scary for me to go to Russia because I have an Austrian passport. Right. <laughs> so I was like, I could make that team. I also figured there's not going to be that many people trying out if it was right. still in Russia. Um, so I was like, well, I could, I could, you know, this is a team I could make as well. So, so I decided to go even before they um, were moving, moved it to Austria. But then with the war starting, I was like, oh boy. Yeah. Um, and then I just wanted to go because I just love running those courses. So mm-hmm. when they were talking about not having a team, but possibly still doing tryouts, I was like, I'm still going because I love this kind of a competition. I like seeing people that are like-minded, that push themselves, that are running. I mean, that's one thing I really enjoyed about EO was just the intensity of the event and the adrenaline rush and just 
you know, being there with other phenomenal handlers. I mean, people you've watched for years, you know, like Jessica Zhu's there and, you know, all all these people that you've watched for years. Um, So, and Daisy is there and, oh yeah. So, um, so I went to uh, world team tryouts with zero expectations (laughs) because I was like, at EO, I learned we're not fast enough because at EO, it's a matter of, you know, the fastest dog wins and, and at 24 inches, win is not that, she's not my fastest. She's, her turns are not the tightest at times. And I swear she spends too much time barking and it doesn't give a speed. <laughs> <That's my theory. laughs> she just barks the entire time out of excitement, but I'm like, you're wasting time barking. <laughs> you need to be focusing here. <laughs> so, so I had, I had zero expectations at world team tryouts. Um, and I went there and I think I ran, oh, yeah, the first course I think was a jumpers course. And we ran it clean, but we got time faults. So I was like, yep, I knew it. We're not the fastest. Then it was followed by a stand by two standard courses. There's four courses you run at World Team Tryouts, uh, two jumpers, two standards. Um, then we ran two standard courses and we ran those clean. And I, I never placed, still not fast enough to place. I think our highest placement was fifth or sixth or something like that. But she ran them flawless and clean and perfect. And then I eat on my last course because of something that I knew would happen. And I just, you know, sometimes you just freeze and don't think <laughs> there, even though, you, even though you know that this is a possibility that your dog's going to come shooting wide out of a tunnel and take an off course option. And sure enough, she came shooting out and I had planned on a tunnel decel and calling her and I did nothing. So I eat on that course and, <laughs> and I'm sure we've all been there, right? Yep. Yes. Yeah. So, so I eat on that course and I was like, well, there goes my world team. Um, you know, before that I figured I had a chance because I run two courses clean and I found out that it's a cumulative score and I was like, Hey, I'm I'm doing pretty well. And I was actually ranked third or fourth. I think I went into it going third or fourth from, so, cause, um, it's seated backwards for the last run. So I was way up at the top, um, and watched some of those top handlers. So yeah, I figured I put her in the car and, you know, head to dinner, but decided, you know, I'm here at this event and I want to see who gets announced for the team since, you know, since I'm here, you might as well kind of watch the final ceremony. And uh, then they called my name and I was like, wait, you have the right person? (laughs) (laughs) And Carrie DeYoung was like, no, no, it's right. (laughs) You were in the top. So I was like, oh, are you sure? are you sure? Cause I don't know about this. So, so yeah, that was, I mean, it was quite the shock and it still is quite the shock to be honest, to uh, have made that. And my, my goal for going to uh world team tryouts was to make a podium because like I said, in EO, I never made a podium. So I was like, I just want to be on a podium just once. <laughs> and I never made a, I never made an actual podium at world team tryouts, but I made the final podium. Right. <laughs> so the most like, important oh, one. Well, well, I guess that'll work. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we made the team. Yeah. <laughs> That's so and exciting. So, so how much time was there between tryouts and then the actual event? So tryouts, it was April, May-ish, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. And the event was a beginning of was September because it was okay. right around my birthday for that matter. I got to go be in Vienna, part of the team, uh, on my birthday, which is, you know, for somebody like me, the best birthday present ever, Seriously, <laughs> best way to spend my birthday. I'm like, no, I don't need a party. I want to do agility. This is great. Yeah. yeah. So, 
So yeah, I, I, I'm gonna have to play that clip for my husband because that's what I told him I wanted to do this year was agility. On my yes, he's like, what? <laughs> what if I want to yep. take her out to dinner? And I'm like, well, that's great, but how about I play agility instead? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's really fun. <laughs> Highly recommend it. <laughs> and so, talk to us about the preparations between um, trouts and the event, and then maybe also give us a give us a summary of your results from the actual event first I got so first so you made the team then I get a phone call from Nancy kind of explaining to me what's going to happen from here on out and um my call with Nancy I I was very honest with her and I said because so with world team um team USA sends four four members per jump height and um all four will run the team event and three of those members get to run individual right um so one person does not get to run individual although it's not always per jump height. So AKC or, or Nancy can decide that say all four large dogs run individual, but only two small dogs get to run individual. So it's a total mm-hmm. of whatever it is that gets to run. I didn't know that. So that's something that I learned. Um, so my conversation with Nancy was, so I know our weaknesses. Um, she goes wide and we're not the fastest. <laughs> so I will not be upset if I don't get to run individual. Um, I'll be happy just doing team and I get to go to Austria, which is going home for me. And so I'm super stoked. And my plan, uh, as soon as I knew what I was doing was to go home and go home about a week and a half early and spend time with family and acclimate. Mm -hmm. Um, And also go home and train with the trainer that I have there that I started training with about five years ago. Um, And he's about 45 minutes from my house. So I knew, so I immediately emailed him and I said, I need help. I'll be coming. (laughs) (laughs) I need you to fine tune me right before this event. So she told us about the two team trainings that there are. So AKC invites you to come to two team trainings. One of them is required. The other one is optional. And um, it's a, it's pretty cool. I mean, you spend an entire weekend setting up one course after another and just literally hammering out these international courses, which is just amazing because you're just so infiltrated in it and pick up so many skills or see so many training gaps is really what it is. Yeah. And um, so, so our first training was in... Latrobe, I think, but in Pennsylvania, where um, EO tryouts is. Mm-hmm. That was where our first training, and you moved was there to video the whole thing, and it was kind of a little daunting because you had this film crew following you oh around while you're training. And at one point, they asked me if I wear a mic running, and I'm like, well, you might want to turn it down because we're really loud. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so that was fun. That was that was fun, and um, the coaches are there, kind of helping you and kind of helping you identify your weaknesses. And as I said, our weaknesses going a little bit wide and being white on certain turns. Um, our strengths are that she layers beautifully. Um, and we'll just take, see a line, take a line is what I call it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so she is, she's great about that. So I immediately started pulling maps for the judges that we were going to have for world team and, um, started focusing on those maps and started setting those up exclusively, to be honest. And I, Recognize after our first training that Hupe had very technical and challenging courses where Jan's courses were really flowing and just just made sense. Um, and Hupe's courses tend to run really well, but they just looked really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say in my own personal training at home, I set up 80% Hupe courses and 20% Jan courses and just mm-hmm. studied them and studied them. And I think in June, no, July, so in June, we had a training and in August, we had a training. And in July, I was home the entire month. And um, 
decided to take Win out of regular AKC agility for until the competition because I wanted her just focus on extending and yep. going forward. And um, I mean, I ran her an ISC classes that we have locally in UPI, but just really wanted her to focus on no, there's going to be no off course that's, you know, right in front of you. You need to just go as fast as you can. Um, and she loved it. (laughs) (laughs) So, but yeah, in July, I think I would say I set up three courses a week and I had a ton of help. I will say, yeah. It's, and that's a lot of tunnel bags, by the way, (laughs) a lot of tunnel tunnel bags. So, but I had a lot of help. So as I said, I have that Sunday training group that trains with me. I had a, a Monday group. I think I set up a course by myself on Friday and there's another place where we train and the lady who set up courses for that, for our club, I just sent her the maps that I needed set up. And she set those up for me on Wednesday. So I think I actually trained maybe four to five times a wow. week on different courses. So it's always a different course, always a new challenge and always trying to figure out where's our weakness. How do I handle this better? So yeah, it's pretty familiar with Hoopis courses, to be honest. <laughs> no, that's awesome. Um, still daunting, but very familiar with his stuff. And then our second training was also on the East Coast, which understandably so, most of the team was from the East Coast. So it was less travel for them, but oh my gosh, so far for us. Oof. Yeah. And um, and I think the reason um, AKC has two trainings is because for Nancy to choose who runs what, she kind of watches a you know, she watches them on the first training and then sees who's improved in the second training. Haven't only made one team of, for the year, um, really worked in my favor because I just focused on that. Like everybody, a lot of the team members were going to EO, a dollar team members were going to WAO and all the mm. other international events. So they were focusing on other courses as well. And there's lots of skills to be learned, but I just focused on Hupe and Yan. So by the time the second training came around, I did a lot better even in our training of running courses clean and showing that we had improved a lot of the skills that we needed to work on, like turning tight out of tunnels. I took some private lessons from Jordan Biggs on that um, to get some help on how to do it. And she's got some great methods, by the way. So um, (laughs) that was super helpful for me. So I think I really was able to show that I had improved. So after the second training is when that phone call from Nancy came and she said, hey, I'd like you to be an individual team. And that was another shocker for me because I just didn't expect it. I knew that the, some of the other large dogs were much faster than what I had as a dog. And I was again, like, are you sure? (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure I put her on individual, but it turns out the coach doesn't know what she's doing. She was right. (laughs) So that was my, that was my prep up until. Oh, and then I guess I should also mention that AKC TV asked me to do a um, vlog, which I didn't even know what that was. So I had to Google a vlog and how those are done. And, you know, it's all these like teenagers doing them. <laughs> so yes. I was like, oh boy. So I bought myself a selfie stick. My first <laughs> ever selfie stick. <laughs> um, it's also conveniently convertible to a tripod. So I can use it to film myself. <laughs> and started started my vlog and I figured I should start in Alaska so I I just kind of filmed my journey and you know my thoughts along the way and all that stuff of going from Alaska to Austria my time beforehand and and that's all available on AKC TV if anybody wants to watch it it's it's cute I think they did a really good job with it their editing skills are much better than mine so I'm glad they did it (laughs) so then you get to the event and Mm -hmm. Yeah. So then we get to the events. I get to Austria, spend some time with family. Um, and then as of Monday, I don't know what the date, I think it was the 19th is my guess, because I think Tuesday is my birthday. Um, Monday the 19th, we all had to meet in Vienna at the hotel. 
Um, we had a day of training on the first day where the entire team got to train on the surface that is used at, a at AWC. So we found a, a location where we could get the dogs on it. I learned more about turf than I've ever known because there is zero turf in Alaska. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> Turns out turf is a big deal. And I'm like, really? Because all I have is dirt and grass. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we got to train on the turf and um, had team practice and had a team dinner. And it was really nice. And it's really, it's really cool to act as a team. So that's something I've never experienced before is being, you know, you just you go to these events individually and everybody's kind of in it on their own. And, and you, you know, you, you kind of know your skills, but you don't really ever look out for anybody else's skills, especially at these big events, you know, right. on a local scale. Yes. You have your students and your friends and whatnot, but on this, on a big scale like this, I wasn't used to like, you get to know these four people really well. Well, five with the alternate and watch them and give them a little bit of input and, you know, sometimes show them that, you know, here's what I'm seeing, uh, how I could, how I'm thinking about possibly handling mm -hmm. this course. Um, what are you seeing? So, so it puts it a little bit different perspective of how you function together. So that was, that was really cool to, to act as a team and look out for each other as opposed to being competing against each other. Cause usually I look at these people, I'm like, okay, how can I beat them? Right. <laughs> yeah. right. And now it's like, now it's like, wait, wait, we're no longer trying to beat each other. I mean, we still are in a sense because we obviously want to do our best, but it's more of a, how do we get Team USA to do the best? And if I'm seeing something of how I could handle it, I'm going to point it out to my team members, or is this a bad idea? Uh, right. Because that might get our team higher up in the ranking. So that's a really cool, different way of, of looking at things. Sorry, I digress, but I thought I'd point that out. Yeah, no, It was totally cool. new to me. So we had team pride training day, and then we have the check-in day where, where the intermediates, sorry, not the intermediates, the smalls and the mediums get measured, and we do our vet check, and we find our little room where we get to set up, and it was all really daunting. I mean, it's this giant event with this huge facility, and you know, first there's all these rules about how you can't pee in the garage. That was a rule. Yeah, because the dogs were in the garage, and I was like, really? I'm glad we had to point that out. And how we were supposed to go through the garage and let the dogs outside. And that seemed pretty daunting because that was a 15 minute walk for us from where we were crated. Wow. Oh. And then it turns out there was doors, but there was doors right next to where our crating room was. And we just walked in and out those doors and it was like yeah. a 30 second walk, you know? So it's one of these things where you get all these rules and you're super overwhelmed with them. And then it's not that bad hmm. or that strict. Um, we had a warm up day where we, you know, kind of like at EO tryouts, um, where they have three different stations and they have all the equipment on them and team large gets, I don't know, maybe we had three minutes and we just, you know, swapped out dogs back and forth, but actually all of team USA. So small, medium, large was out there at the same time. And that's actually where the, um, any friends that come along or family members that come along come in really helpful because somebody needs to be down there and time it. And there's not enough coaches, you know, for each mm -hmm. team to have somebody that's in there, that's why watching and also timing and letting know when it's time to get off the course because you know there's nobody there from the country to tell you to do it so so that was really helpful to have family members there and people there to, to watch and help um so we got a little bit of a warm-up and then day one was on thursday i believe world team you only run one course a day so it is it's a mental game it's not about endurance or anything it is a total mental game. I mean, you are at this giant stage, all eyes on you. It is the only ring running is your ring. Everybody's watching. It's, I mean, I mean, it's like one and done, you know, you have no warm up run. There's no time to beat. <laughs> There's nothing to warm up on yeah. as we all do. Right. 
it's this is it and this counts and this counts for everything i mean this is so you're just like really um mind blown um so in that sense it's super stressful and i have to admit i'm a pretty serious person so i get there and i just i want to do the best that i can i mean i'm sure nobody gets in is like oh this is fun i already made it but you know as i get stressed you know people would say well you've already made it you're already here and i'm like yeah but now is what counts <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, like yeah. this is the important part you know so so for me it was actually hard in that sense because i really push myself and i'm very focused in that moment so our first course was a team jumpers course and it was hoopa i remember getting on the start line and uh so you have these three boxes that you or four boxes that you move through kind of as a lineup but they keep you separate you know like nice distancing. You can kind of warm your dog up, but it goes really fast. Anyways, the coach is in there with you. So Nancy's staying there with you, kind of moving through these boxes with you. And as I step on the start line, who ran first? I think Jessica ran first, Menti ran second, Wynn ran third, and Kenobi ran fourth, I think is what was our lineup. And so Jessica, I think had run clean, or maybe she had a bar. Menti, I think had two bars. So I stepped on the line and Nancy's like, you have to run this clean. I'm like, I know. <laughs> I'm like, don't no tell pressure. me. First AWC. I know. Oh, I got this. I know. Mm. I know. And I was, and and my thought was again, it's a hoofed course. It was twisty. It was turny. So I'm like, do not disconnect. Do not disconnect. Stay on her. Stay focused. And and that was, I mean, that's how I ran it. I was right next to her. I was right there. I didn't, I did not let her out of my sight. So There's a couple of times where I had to just go and get there. But um, we did it and I ran that first course clean and I was like, oh my God, oh my God, I just ran that clean. Holy smokes. I can't believe it. <laughs> yeah, it was really cool. And then Kenobi ran his clean and we actually ranked 25th for our team. So we felt pretty good. Team large was feeling pretty, pretty strong. So, so that, that night I went home pretty happy. And then the next day we had team agility and it was Jan's course. I just, as I said, I had not studied his courses as much. And, um, there was a part, and I mean, I'd walked the course. I was confident about it. I was like, Oh, this is, this is nice. It's really straightforward. I got this. And unfortunately out of a tunnel and this tends to be my, this tends to be a little bit of our problem out of a tunnel. I kind of disconnected and was trying to send her to a backside and sent her too soon and sent her over an off course jump. So we mm -hmm. eat on that run. It was bummer. But it was totally, I mean, I rewatched the video and I'm like, you know, my dog's perfect. It was 200% my handling. It was not a choice she made. It was 200% yeah. my handling. So day three rolls around and it was Jan's, it was Jan's jumpers course for individual. And I will say that was probably the lowest point for um, AWC for me. Um, I was 15th in, and the, I think that not run order is random because now we start over and it's individual. So you're not ranked, um, mm -hmm. which is pretty early to go. So I was in the first walk group. I walked it. I had a good plan. I had a little risky plan. There was a, a part that I thought I could layer and I wasn't sure if I should layer it. But after talking to the coaches, they're like, we've seen you do this plenty of times in training. You can totally mm -hmm. layer this. Um, so I, I had a plan. I was going to layer and um, focused really on that layer section of it. And I got the layer beautifully. Everything was perfect. And then I got lost. <laughs> oh, I remember I mean, that. I got lost on course. I'm like, where? Like, yes, I got the layer. Shoot. Where yes. am I? And I mean, yes. oh my God. I totally, and I mean, I threw my hands up in the air, like, holy smokes. And she went over an off course and that was our E. But I have to tell you, I walked out of that. And again, the coaches were great because they knew to just, 
let me be. And I walked outside and I just cried. I mean, I just was devastated because it was 200% me. I had it. I had that course and I just messed it up. And I was just, that was, that was a rough night. And I was just bummed and mad at myself and just, you know, like, why am I doing this to myself? Why am I putting so much pressure on myself? (laughs) Why am I here? This is not fun. (laughs) <laughs> you know, like, oh. oh my god <laughs> I is, see yeah, so I can only imagine hard. how that felt I got so lost on an AKC course once I have no idea why it was like premiere or whatever the judge finally had to just tell me what the next obstacle was right I mean like I'd already yes. eaten so I'm just yes. standing there and like I'm just my dog is staring at me and I'm like look gone the entire course just gone and like that was really embarrassing and that was just like yeah. at a local AKC show. So I, but I yep. also say yep. that to say like, I feel like we've all done that, right? There's always, there's that yep. one point at which the course just <clears throat> leaves your brain and is, yep. and is gone. Yep. And it's so, you're like, I don't yep. get it. Why? Why in this moment yep. did that happen to me? Yep. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yep. Exactly. Yep. So it, it, and it happened and it happened on a world stage and it happened with, you know, all of my friends watching that yeah. three o'clock in the morning to oh. watch me. And here I am going, Oh my God. Oh my God. What oh. did I just do? I mean, I was just, and I the whole rest of the run was phenomenal. I remember watching that and, yeah. and, and <laughs> when was perfect and you were perfect. And then yeah. all of a sudden just off course. And then the it rest just, of it was beautiful too. Yeah. And I mean, literally, and I, I don't, if, I don't know if you guys watch the online announcer, but he's literally like, she's lost. Oh no, she's lost. Yeah. Like, wow. It was that awesome. <laughs> I was totally lost. And I'm like, oh my God, Eric, way to go. I was completely lost. <laughs> so I rewatch it now laughing, but at the time, let me tell you, it was not, not funny. I was devastated. But you know, you have to be able to laugh at yourself and hindsight whatever it's still just agility yeah. <laughs> it's still supposed to be just fun so, so yeah so then, you then Sunday prep yourself for the next day because the next day you came back and killed it Tylenol PM <laughs> 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 well the next day I kind of felt like I have nothing to lose yeah you know I don't have because world team again is scored cumulatively so I have nothing to lose at this point I can lay it all out on the line we ran so in sorry in teams we ran in the morning in um individuals we ran in the evening so but you have to be there all day for to be for there for your team and you know watch your team members run um so we had a long lunch break it was was a long day of waiting you know at first you're pretty calm but then you realize your course is coming up and most people probably on this that are listening know this, but our course maps don't get released until that first bar drops. So you have no clue what you're going to be running all day. You're waiting to see what you're going to be running. And it was a whole big course. And as I've mentioned, his courses are super tricky and super tough. And this course hit the ground and (laughs) the entire arena was like, Oh my God, is he crazy? Like, Uh this is impossible. This is absolutely impossible. And I was standing up there watching them build it. And I was standing to, next to an Austrian guy that I have no idea who's, what his name is. I know him from Facebook. You know, one of those things where you know everybody on Facebook. Yep. yep. And he, he's been on a couple of world teams for Austria. He's actually the guy that wore that red suit. And the only reason I realized it is because when we were doing closing ceremonies, he came up to me and he's like, hey, you killed it. It wasn't that hard after all. But um, <laughs> <laughs> I digress. 
So I was standing next to him and I was like, oh my gosh, this course is crazy. It's impossible. And he's like, yeah, that, I don't know what he was thinking. That's just absolutely crazy. I'm like, oh boy, even the Europeans are saying that. That's not good. Since I didn't do, uh, since I eat on the day before, I was, again, now it's seated backwards. So my run order number this time was, I think, 36. Not as early as 15. Gave Mm -hmm. me a little bit more time to um, watch people run it. Because I actually learn a lot watching people run the courses. And seeing where that what the dog sees. I mean, you can walk it all you want to, but sometimes the dogs see things that are a little different from us. And I, I enjoy watching that and seeing, you know, where the mistakes are and do I need to do something different there? Yeah. If these dogs go off course, what would my dog do? So I had a little more time. I was, you know, first walk group. I walked it. I have my I have my plan. And um for those people that have looked at the map, it was one tricky section after another. I mean, yeah. even the finish. I was like, okay, her shooting out of that tunnel, there are two off course options for her to take. Like I have to stay behind. I have to almost jump the broad jump myself and hopefully she will drive ahead and take that jump and not drop the bar. I mean, that's literally, I was like, I have to finish. I have to fight all the way to the finish. Mm-hmm. I will say I tend to do better on those courses than courses that I walk in and feel that they flow and they just come natural. I tend to do better on courses where I know that I have to fight all the way to the finish because I don't lose my focus. Right. It keeps you intense. Yeah, exactly. It keeps me intense. So I walked the course. I had help from Janet. She was out there walking wind for me as I watched the first 20 dogs, 15 to 20 dogs. I had, I'd asked her to do it. She did it the day before for me and wind knows her. We groomed together a couple of times. So she was out there warming up wind, walking her again, super great to have a team and have people with you there to help you as you're focusing. I don't talk to anybody before my run, especially on those big things. I just, or big events, sorry. I just sit there and watch and I don't, I don't spend time with the team. I didn't spend time with my parents who were there watching or my sister or my niece. I just go stand over by people that don't know me, that won't talk to me and just watch (laughs) and see and hear that music play one dog after another. I was like, E, oh my e, God. E, e, da, 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 e, da, da. E, e, yep, exactly. And it was just a matter of where are they eating? Are they eating at the weeds? Are they eating, you know, after the dog walk? Are they taking the off course tunnel? Are they eating? I mean, it was, it wasn't the matter of if they're going to eat, it was a matter of where are they going to eat? I get into the, you know, the lineup to bring her out and, you know, Nancy is like, just, you know, do what you can do your best. And I was like, well, my plan is just to go from section A to section B to section C to section D and to see how far I get. And that's how I felt like when I got on the start line, it wasn't a matter of I'm going to run this clean. It was a matter of if I can get her into the weaves, then I'm going to fight for her to get that dog walk and not the off course tunnel. If I can get her past that off course tunnel, then I'm going to fight to do this rear cross, which I'm not very good at rear crosses, but I saw no other option. If I get this rear cross, then I'm going to fight. Then I don't know where I'm going to be, to be honest. That was literally, <laughs> I don't know where I'm going to be because I don't do rear crosses and I don't know how I'm going to get her to the backside other than just telling her to go to the backside. If I get her through that, then she will take this tunnel and then I have to call like crazy and keep her off the dog walk because that tunnel st- staring straight at the dog walk. If, if I get past that, then I know I can get her over the A-frame. And then was that crazy layer with, again, under the dog walk and mm-hmm. the jumps that are way out there. And um, when Hupe built the course, he had set that jump even further out. When the white dogs ran it, nobody got it. He moved it in by like two, maybe a foot, maybe two feet. Never had the white dogs rerun it. 
And I was like, yikes, I don't even know if this is doable because none of the white dogs got it with the layer there. But, you know, again, if I get this far, I'm going to try that. (laughs) And and so that's how I ran the entire course. It was an if I, if I, if I, and then somehow we made it to the finish and were the second dog to run it clean. So that was, yeah. And you ended up fifth, fifth, is that right? Sixth, sixth. We ended up sixth in that course. Yeah. So, okay. So out of 126 or 36 dogs, and we ran 36 and, you know, for a long time we were second because nobody else was able to run it clean. Right. And then when, and at, at one point I was telling my parents, cause now, you know, I've had my run, I've had my post run beer. I got my dad trained to get me one. <laughs> <laughs> I had my post run beer. It was all relaxed. And I was able to watch everybody. And, um, there was a lineup at some point with three other top handlers that I had taken instructions from and done seminars with. And I was like, well, this will probably be the last time you see my name up there because these three people are amazing. And, you know, they're like the best in the world and, and they all eat. (laughs) My dad was like, see, you're still up there. So it was, it was pretty cool to keep our name up there for that long. And even just to end sixth in the world. I mean, she's again, she's tiny little peanut for, for the size that she is. And, our training ability and whatnot. She, she did amazing. And that course really worked in our favor because she takes the lines very, very well. So, so that was a crazy feeling. I mean, absolutely a crazy feeling. I got out of that ring, you know, of course, I think everybody's seen the pictures. the coaches just jumping up and down at the end and just being so <laughs> ecstatic. And it must be harder for them because it's totally out of their control. I mean, right. they just stand there and they're like, Oh my God. Oh my God. What does she do? Oh my God. <laughs> so, meanwhile, I'm out there just you know, when you're out there, you're just focused and going for it. And the, oh my God only happens when you get an off course. <laughs> yeah. while you're just fighting. Um, and then I get back down into our crating room and the entire team came down and they're all in tears and just so excited for you and so happy. And it was just completely overwhelming. And, you know, you're just like, oh my gosh, I just, we just did this. Like, this is, this is epic. That's amazing. Yeah, that Congratulations. Was, it was, it was, yeah, it was really epic. It was kind of one of those once in a lifetime moments and performances. And yeah, so it was cool. Did it, did it make cool. up for the disappointment of the day before? In your yeah, I would say so. Yeah. <laughs> I would say so, but it did. But you know, here's the competitive part of me. I go, yes, I had run that course clean. Yeah. Oh, right. What our cumulative score have been. Could we have been on a podium? Could we have gotten Team USA on a podium? So that's how I think. And I'm like, shh. <laughs> yeah, Darn it, Kayla. Why did you get lost? For the love of God! <laughs> you know? uh, oh, I so, can imagine that. Yeah. Oh, such Next, mixed you know, emotions. Oh, it's such a roller coaster. I mean, that really is the best way to describe it. It is a roller coaster of emotions. The highs are high. The lows are really low. <laughs> and um, <laughs> in the meantime, it's super fun. The energy there is crazy and great and really cool and an awesome people. So it was, it was a really cool experience. Yeah. And so the big question is, would you do it again? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. If you'd asked me on Saturday, I would have said, Oh, absolutely not. I'm not putting myself <laughs> through this again. <laughs> but after Sunday, I was like, I'm coming back. <laughs> I'm <gonna> do better. <laughs> oh. so, yeah. Well, how cool. And so this year we get to look forward to seeing you run in the intermediate class with Wynn since she's uh, so little. And um, that'll be really exciting to see 
how you perform. And I bet you will be even more competitive speed wise with the 20 inch height. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, you know, the other dogs are still, again, I think her ground coverage is not that great because she's just short bodied. Um, but she gives it her all and she's, she's a fantastic little dog. I mean, I've looked at some of the other intermediate dogs. I'm like, Ooh, they're faster. But at the same time, her listening skills are amazing and, um, her verbals are really good. So we'll see. I mean, we will see. I, I have no disappointing expectations if that makes sense. Like I have all these plan B's, like I'm going to go to EO tryouts. If I don't match that, make that team, I'm going to go to world team tryouts. And if I don't make that team, I'm going to go to us open because I've always wanted to go. <laughs> and it sounds, yeah. it looks so fun. So I've got all these like non-disappointing things that I want to do. So if I don't make any team, I'm totally okay with it because I'm, I'm going to go to, EO, uh, not EO. I'm going to go to us open. And, you know, I could also just pack my dog up and go to Europe and do some of the cups over there that are open. Yeah. I've seen some people do that. And that looks super fun. Like take a couple of weeks and travel Europe and go to two or three shows and just have fun. So yeah. Yeah. And just get better. I think that that's a nice lead in to talking about goal setting. Let's talk 2023. Sounds like sort of EO tryouts, even though it's at the very end of the year is sort of, I don't know. I always kind of think of it as the beginning of the season. It like is, you're yeah. kind of the yeah. national events are over. Cena sport mm-hmm. is at the kind of at the same time. And then the EO tryouts are in two weeks. I don't know, 12 days, yeah, something like weeks. that. They're coming up mm-hmm. uh, really, really quick. Uh, I Sprite and I will be there. This is going to be our first time flying. So that's a big deal for us. I have gone back and forth about kind of what I'm thinking about this event. And I have to say I've landed on like, I have no pressure on myself. This is my first, this will be my second time going to a tryout event, but my first time mm-hmm. competing and my first time flying. And so I just want to go and do my best. We have some pretty big training holes, in my opinion. We don't really have a dog walk. So there's, yeah. you know, I've I've band-aided it here and there, um, and I'm going to have to decide what my plan is for handling the dog walk while I'm at the mm-hmm. event. But I, I've kind of been waiting to make more plans for 2023 until I see how this event goes like I don't know if I'm going to go to world team tryouts part of me wants to go to just kind of keep building on the experience of going to a tryout event but I also like if we my my real goal after this is like solid dog walk and I don't know how much Mm -hmm. trialing we're gonna do until I feel good Mm -hmm. about the dog walk so there might not be enough time to get scores to go to tryouts that's my thinking so like yeah Michaela, how do you look for, like, when do you start planning the next year? You have all the travel involved in, like, I I don't have as far to go because I'm on the West Coast, but still, U.S. Open is in Florida, and Uh uh, tryouts are in Missouri and Pennsylvania, and so everything requires flights, which equals extra days of travel, so how do you, like, how do you look at the coming year, and how do you make your plans? So, <laughs> so this next year, um, again, like I said, nothing is disappointing to me. So if I don't make something, I'm totally okay with it because I have so many things that I want to do next year. And I also have to realize that I do work and I have yeah. a full-time job and a business that I run and commitment to that. And I run the kind of business where 
if I'm gone, the income decreases. So it's not something I can do remotely. It is me who has to physically be there to make it happen. So I have to really keep that in mind when I plan my stuff. That being said, every now and then I get this YOLO moment. (laughs) And so so when I just think about the things I have possibly planned for next year, I'm like, major YOLO, you're crazy. You'll never retire. (laughs) (laughs) So currently I'm thinking EO tryouts in two weeks. Uh, There's an ISC cup in Texas at the end of January that I want to take Win to. I have a friend that lives down there. I'm just going to go visit her. She's um, a chiropractic friend of mine, clearly a business trip. (laughs) (laughs) Then I'm going to England for a week with Win. Then I am going to, oh, then I'm hoping to hit nationals right after that. Since I'm already out of Alaska, you know, Mm -hmm. once you're kind of out of Alaska, you might as well stay out for another week week. So possibly going to nationals, hoping to bring Mila down for that and having a friend to ship her down, going to world team tryouts, hopefully US Open. Maybe I'll make a team, maybe not. I mean, I just look at what big events are coming up that I would like to go to and then kind of decide which I can or can't make. I mean, nationals being on the kind of on the West Coast this year makes it a little bit more likely for me to show up with two dogs than if it's in Atlanta. Right. Um, traveling with two dogs has its own, you know, difficulty to it. So I kind of just look and see what's out there and what I think I can make, what's feasible, at what point I have to say, okay, like one thing I have to do is I have to space my events. Like I can't do things that are too close together. Like two in a month is hard for me unless they're back to back. And I can just say, I'm taking two weekends off and a week in between mm-hmm. and then I'll do it. But then it's good if there's like a six week break so I can be back, work the clinic and you know, you want to do local shows as well to kind of keep fresh and also keep my other border collie going that doesn't travel with me as much. So, right. <clears throat> so yeah, it's, 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 it's kind of a hard decision what you can and can't make, but often it's dependent on location or how much I have already done. So us open will totally depend on what I have done earlier in the sun, in the summer already. How many right. times, how many trips have I gone on? Because that's one where, again, I'd like to take two dogs and take some time off and, you know, be there for a minute. So yeah, so my goals are everything. (laughs) (laughs) Well, do it all are my goals. (laughs) Alyssa, what are you thinking for next year? Because I I think like we're in kind of interesting spots. So you have a young dog that you're trying to bring along and figure out. I have Mm -hmm. kind of like middle young dog that I'm trying to shore up some things so that we can kind of get to where Michaela's at, which is we've trained, you know, not all the skills, but there, you have a really, yeah. really good baseline of skills to work with. And obviously everyone can fine tune certain stuff or push certain skills. So yep. Alyssa, how are you looking at 2023? What are you thinking? Well, that's a good question. And I'm not sure I entirely have the answer, but yeah, Ollie, so she just turned two. Her skills are really coming along. I was just laughing with somebody because um, it's felt like we started our agility journey with her in this kind of sticky place where she wanted to be close to me all the time. And now Mm -hmm. the pendulum has sort of swung the opposite direction. And now I'm like, oh, goodbye. See you later. <laughs> like all the way across the arena in a flash, right? And so, so we're finding that balance of obstacle commitment and still listening and all that stuff. But mm-hmm. I have had a couple of really um, specific struggles with her. One is her weave entries and weaving in mm-hmm. competition, and one is her dog walking contacts. 
the rest of her things are all sort of mileage. Just we need more time and and more more time under our belt and more coursework. Um, it feels like every time we go to bigger events like um, the Pacific Northwest Classic or the West Coast Open, we we learn a lot and grow a lot as a team. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like our skills have come along. But part of what is stopping me from doing a ton of goal setting is having to work through the dog walk and the weaves. And so because I don't know when I'm going to have those fixed. Yep, right. And so that's yep. that's been a little bit of a damper on my plans in terms of here's what I'm for sure going to mm-hmm. do this next year. Mm-hmm. So we have a few, I have a series of ISC trials that I'm putting on this spring, trying to get those going back in our area again. Yay! Yes. And in June, there will be a two day ISC cup here the week after the one that's up at Argus Ranch that Jordan's hosting. And both of those are going to oh. be world team qualifiers. Speaking of leaving Alaska, Michaela, you should come down. Yeah, I was going to say, I think I have yours on my calendar already. Yep. I feel like I messaged you, so I did pencil <laughs> it in. <laughs> Hers is the weekend prior. And one of the things that I have decided in my agility journey, as much as I would love to take Ole to world team tryouts, mm-hmm. I am not running regular AKC courses with her. I don't enjoy them. She doesn't particularly enjoy them. And mm-hmm. I, and so that is limiting our ability to go to world team tryouts mm-hmm. unless we win on at one of the world yeah. team qualifiers. Yeah, It's a choice I've made. And I've decided that if that means we never go to a world team tryouts because we never make a world spot, a, a mm-hmm. win on spot, then, mm-hmm. then that's the choice I'm making. So yeah. one of my goals eventually with her is to get a win on spot at a, at a regional qualifier yeah. and make it to world team tryouts. But um, short of that, I would like to qualify for European open team tryouts this year, mm-hmm. um, which is a lot the, easier, which is a lot yeah. easier. And it's in the fall and I can do it with yep. only ISC, which yep. is yep. nice points. Yep. Um, I definitely want to go to the West coast open again. That was a super fun cool. event and that mm-hmm. is in the fall. And so I'm, I have mm-hmm. pretty high hopes that I'll have our weaves and dog walk fixed yeah. by fall. And so that's why I think both of those are fairly achievable. And then I'm trying to kind of decide if like, if we want to go, there's a UKI classic in Colorado in May. Yeah. Might try to get to that. And we are traveling in January to the ISC cup in San Diego. So that's kind of Mm -hmm. our first big trip out of the gate. And other than that, my big goals for this year really are to fix our dog walk and weaves and then just continue working on our teamwork and and get us to a point where if we run, we're not worried about faults on the obstacles. We're more Mm -hmm. worried about the handling. That's where I would like to get to this year. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And I think my, my plans are probably going to end up somewhat similar. I feel like I'll either go to Colorado to that UKI classic. It's a classic, not a cup, right? Because it's good timing sort of in the middle of the year to check where skills are at. I would hope, I would hope our dog walk would be getting really close by then, um, sort of in the May timeframe. And and or if we come along quickly, I'm, I may uh, and I can get qualified, I may go to world team tryouts just because I think that the mental management that's required for those events and kind of what you talked about for the actual event, like if you make the team, mm-hmm. right? It's for me, that's a huge part of the prep and the planning is to be able to get through that kind of stuff mentally and be really mentally prepared 
for what that sort of thing is like. So I'd like to go to another tryout event if I can, but probably at least traveling to Colorado if I don't end up um, going to tryouts. Because I'm sort of fortunate, unfortunate. I feel like Sprite is somewhat similar to when Michaela, she doesn't have the best ground speed. She's not a super powerful Mm -hmm. dog, but but she is very, very efficient and so but it does mean she can fit herself into AKC courses so I don't have quite the same hang up as Alyssa I'd I'd totally Mm -hmm. understand your decision if I felt like I had had an option with Fractal to not do AKC I probably would have given up on it with him as well because he's too big too powerful too Mm -hmm. long strided those courses are a nightmare it took me like four years to get his AX AXJ and that was like Mm -hmm. that was all I was doing was AKC it was just impossible beating my head against the wall super frustrating whereas with Sprite I feel a little bit more Mm -hmm. like I can get in get out and get her back to focusing on extension because she will just add so many strides in AKC and I don't want her doing that very much at all and so ideally like I'll get her the titles and then even at that I'd like to get her qualified through ISC if at all possible because I feel like if you really want to go to a tryout event and you really want to do well you should be able to run ISC courses clean you should be able to get your scores that way right so I think it's really I think it's interesting I and I but then I have the like fall fall slash two dog dilemma like you do (laughs) Michaela like part of me wants to go to the U.S. Open and take both Sprite Mm -hmm. and Fractal Mm-hmm. And um, I've thought about going to West Coast Open, maybe with just Fractal and going to U.S. Open with Spray, because I really want to make a team and I'm not super picky about which team I make. And so I'm mm-hmm. kind of getting to the point. I'm just going to have to keep trying out for all the mm-hmm. all the things and and pushing myself in that way and giving myself the opportunity because you can't make a team you don't try out for. That's for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> so <laughs> that's true. <laughs> this. So I feel like 2023 is an interesting year for us because our skills aren't like quite where I want them to be. And I also have this like hang up of I really want to do some stuff with Fractal because he he's going to turn nine next year. And I feel like if we're going to mm-hmm. go do a thing mm-hmm. and try and like make a you podium at a national event, yep. this is this is our year to do it. So yep. that is a uh, that's kind of what. I'm thinking, and I guess sort of if people are really thinking about goal setting and they don't know where to start, I personally usually want an event to look forward to. So for many years with Fractal, it's been EO tryouts so that I have a reason to like push my skills. And Mm -hmm. then I say, okay, if this is the event I want to do, one, what skills do I need to get qualified for the event? And then two, what skills do I need to do well at the event? And like, that's how I focus my training. That's how I make choices about what other Mm -hmm. sort of local trials I'm going to go to. And so for us, Mm -hmm. thankfully, blessedly, UKI has come (laughs) along and been a really nice way to prepare for some of these things because it just gives an opportunity Mm -hmm. that AKC and even USDAA just really don't at this point. And so that has been... That's sort of that's how I make my decisions. Other thoughts on mm-hmm. like how you plan some of your other things or other training? Well, I plan my training um, by looking at the dog that I'm training, if that makes sense. So, for example, um, 
my two dogs are very different. Mila is very twitchy, turns super tight, does not take a line very well. I have to be right there with her, which is really hard with a fast dog, as I'm sure we all know. Mm -hmm. Um, Where Wynn, as I've mentioned, takes a line, see a line, take a line. I mean, she just goes for it. So with Wynn, I have learned early on, even before I made the team, that what I have to work on with this dog is collection and turning tight. So I, during the pandemic, um, took an online seminar on tight turns that were just, you know, one jump tight turns on a verbal with some French people. And, um, and then, you know, I think everybody always has dog walk issues. I mean, not has, but I I feel like the running dog walk is a work in progress and a maintenance thing. And there's, you're going to have five months of an amazing dog walk. And then for some odd reason it crashes and you got to (laughs) start over and rebuild it. (laughs) And anybody who has it knows it. Um, I don't think stop contacts are any better, to be honest. They're just as tricky because the minute you blur the line of stopping and letting them quick release, they're like, wait, I don't have to stop anymore. Or, and then you correct it and they stop in the blue and you're like, no, no, stop in the yellow. So, I mean, contacts will always be tricky and always a a retrain. And I retrained wins running contacts right before world team. She started hitting, missing them. And I was like, oh my God. (laughs) 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 And now you're missing your contacts. So so in my training, I think I just look at my we, my weaknesses as a team. Like, what is our weakness? What do we need to work on? And then either get private coaching. Like I said, I had I, I reached out to Jordan at the time saying, I need to teach her a tighter turn out of a tunnel where she doesn't come shooting out. What do you have? And she gave me some pointers on what to work on. I sent her some videos. I look for online seminars that are available. Um, as I've mentioned before, I really watch what the Europeans do. And the way I do it is by you know, joining Austrian agility Facebook group and the German agility Facebook group and to see what they post over there and then try to friend as many Europeans as possible to see what they're posting. And if I see a seminar pop up, I actually tend to always share them either on my personal Facebook and the local Alaska Facebook group. So other people have the resources because I feel like, you know, the more we all grow as a community and agility, especially in the U.S., yeah, the better man. it is for all of us. I mean, I, I, you know, some people probably get seminars ideas and they don't share them because they don't want somebody else to have the information. I feel the polar opposite. I feel like everybody needs to know this stuff. Everybody needs to see it. Like I said, I start, started setting up these European courses and my friends are like, this is fun. This is way yeah. more yeah. fun than the pinwheels. And, and AKC has its place. Don't get me wrong. And I think they are, they are trying to evolve. Um, but it is dominated by older people that are less mobile and have smaller dogs. And so they'll always be up against that. That's their, that is their bread and butter. And so for our younger generation, I really hope for them as an organization that they don't lose us and that they don't lose their potential because, you know, you see yeah. the confirmation. So I, I hope that AKC can make that change. And I think they are by adding more ISC and, yeah. and starting to bring that up as a different program. And I hope it can be integrated in a different way. And, you know, I, I know you guys have seen the post on Facebook about, you know, have them count for nationals. And I'm like, no, please don't. It's going to ruin it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Agree. I want ISC to stay separate. I you know, yep. that to your point, those are the types of courses that are European and that's what we want to run. And it is a different skill set than a local APC yep. trial. 
uh, you know, I think one of the really exciting things for the West Coast right now is that there's a lot of momentum and getting more of those going. And there is a yep. pretty good core group of folks that really want to see more and more of that activity. And, yep. you know, I'm looking at the calendar for next year and between the ISC that I'm doing and the ISC that's at Artemis Ranch and the ISC that's down in maybe awesome. San Diego area or whatever, that we're starting to really have a lot more access to yep. um, bigger courses, either ISC yep. or UKI, one of the two. And yes, if everybody else is elevated in their skill set, then yep. all that does is push the rest of us to be better. Exactly. And so, um, but it's going to take a lot of work, kind of grassroots work by yep. by those of us who are interested in that stuff to yep. get it going, keep it going and sustain it. The really exciting part is that stuff is just so freaking fun. And it, and it really has like with Ale lately, I've really just been watching her skills grow and it is so cool. My Facebook memories, yep. and this is one of the reasons that I post a million things on Facebook, is simply to look back on them in my memories. So mm-hmm. right now, a year ago, I was mm-hmm. teaching Ole to jump. One oh. year ago. That's it. <laughs> yeah. It was only wow. a year ago. Amazing, and there's times right? <laughs> where I think like she should know more than she does, but those mm-hmm. memories have, have been bringing it back for me. Like, dude, a year ago, she it's was only doing been three jumps in a row, right? Yeah. Like she couldn't yeah. do anything. Yeah. And yeah. so I think about goal setting forward. I don't necessarily set my goals actually by event. I think Whitney, you do that more than I do. I tend to just look <laughs> at what are the skills we have and then mm-hmm. just work on those, work on the ones we don't. It's just fascinating to think about where you start and where you could go. And I think one of the really cool things about agility is there is no limit. There's no limit to what you can learn. And with any dog and you look at a dog like Fractal, who's about to turn nine and still crushing it when he runs clean. Right. And that there's still things you can learn with him. And the last time I saw him, his backside sends were so much more independent than they'd ever been. Right. And yeah, Yeah, I think, I think that's such a good point is that you know, our, the limit is wherever we set it on ourselves and that we yeah. can accomplish whatever we really want to accomplish. And you have to be kind of dogged, if you will, in your pursuit. I mean, I just, mm-hmm. I failed so many times with Fractal to like qualify for the event that I wanted to go to. And that was really disappointing. And I could see like wanting to pull back and not have those, you know, not set those goals that set myself up for that disappointment. But personally, for me, that's like all that drives me to get out and train. Like I just do not have that intrinsic. I need to just go train the dog to train the dog. I don't, I don't have it. Like if I have to have the goal of getting somewhere that is what pushes me to keeps you going keeps me going that's what pushes me to train those skills and it's been really Mm -hmm. interesting with Sprite because I kind of would have liked to do more of what you're doing I feel like Alyssa with you know there's sort of a, a nice base set of skills that you know, folks like us with international goals want to put on our dogs like backside wraps and and um, backside slices and threadles and that kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. she was a dog that didn't like to train. And so all I yeah. could do to get her into the sport was to get her mileage and get her running and get her thinking that it was yeah. fun. And so it meant that yeah. we'd overfaced ourselves a lot yeah. because that was the only thing 
that I knew to do to get her interested in the sport and it's worked. And now we can train things and I can drill some stuff. But so it's been this really Mm -hmm. bizarre journey of like, we go out and do things. And so I make handling choices based on our skill set, which is like we threadles are still weaker for us. And so Mm -hmm. I'm almost always trying to get that blind to make it a push instead of a threadle, even if it's a little slower. Like one day I'd like to just always run what I think is the most efficient path, but that that's that's somewhere in there with the goal setting, right? You have to run the dog you have and you have to handle the dog you have and make yourself as successful as possible. And that that is also a skill that we don't necessarily talk about that I think interesting to hear you talk about, Michaela, with like the team environment, that suddenly Mm -hmm. that gets to be a conversation that you can finally have with other people and that there's this strategizing around like, is it going to cost me two tenths but keep me on course? Like what's the most important thing here? And so I think um, that that's something, another kind of thing that we don't, we don't tend to talk about as much in agility, like what's the mental game at big events and what's the sort of handling strategy and making handling choices at big events. So maybe some stuff we can explore further on a different episode. Anything else we want to say about goal setting? Well, I think, I mean, you kind of touched on it with goal setting. It also depends on, you know, what you have, you know, who who your dog is that, that you are currently working. Again, you have to look at what you've got and work with what you've got. Yep. Yep. I would love to hear what other people's thoughts are on how they set their goals, what their goals are for next year. Um, and, and what their, what action steps are you taking to achieve them? Because you can have goals, but if you're not willing to put in the work, they're not going to happen. So, uh, so I would love to hear from folks about, um, what they're interested in for this next year. Are their goals realistic? And how do Mm -hmm. they know? And how are you going about finding resources too? Because that's something that I think about was something that held me back in my dog walk journey is that I wanted to get into a particular class. It wasn't available. Uh, We finally got in. We're making really good progress. I'm really pleased. I feel like it was a good choice for us, but it it really delayed our journey. So I think that's the other thing is like, what resources do people have? What do they feel like they might mm-hmm. be missing? And then maybe we can help connect people with some stuff. I think that'd be awesome. And, and again, that kind of boils down to timing of when are these classes available? But I will say if there's one positive thing that came out of the pandemic is that a lot more resources are online. There's a yeah. lot oh, more online, yes. online yeah. training. And, you know, a lot more Facebook groups that you can be involved with that will give you some feedback and, you know, a way that you can do it at home. I mean, if I can do it from Alaska, right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> nobody else has any excuses, right? So true. That's right. So nobody true. else has any excuses. <laughs> Well, Michaela, thank you so much for joining us. I loved hearing more about your journey to AWC (laughs) and how that all went. And we are very excited to see your repeat year because we have high expectations for you. (laughs) Great. No pressure, right? No pressure. No pressure. (laughs) We can only say that because we're not there yet. So maybe someday. Okay. Well, I can't wait for those tables to turn. (laughs) (laughs) we'll be cheering each other on for sure that's right you're on the team with me get on that start line and do it awesome (laughs) i love it that's perfect so cool so that's all for today's episode don't forget to rate share and subscribe to our podcast so you can join us for our next episode in the meantime you can find us on facebook instagram and youtube or by visiting our website at www.caninehijinks.com
Thanks for joining us. Make sure to go out and have some fun with your dogs. Talk to you next time.